Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the mindset of the creative entrepreneur. Coming to you from San Antonio, Texas. Welcome to the Creative Entrepreneur, a podcast created to help entrepreneurs build their business, branding, marketing, analytics, positioning, and lead generation, plus interviews with other business owners to learn from their successes and failures. Now, here is your host, Abel Garza. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Creative Entrepreneur. I'm very excited about today's guest. He is Egyptian-born, came to the United States when he was just 16 years old. He's one of the more prolific entrepreneurs in Austin, and he is moving towards San Antonio, Texas. So I'm very excited to introduce to you Mr. Eddie Fushang. How are you doing today? What's up, Abel? How you doing, buddy? Hey, man, I'm super excited to have you on today. I just want to know, what is it that you guys are doing in Austin that separates you from everybody else? I would probably say that um, I am very hungry. So hunger is definitely something that is um, I would attribute to that for sure. Um, part of the fact that I grew up in the other side of the world and not knowing um, what are the possibilities uh, that you can have in a free society. And that was one of the f passions and drives uh, and goals for me to obviously come to this country back at uh, at the age of 17. Um, that was one of the things. Uh, I am very hungry. I'm very driven. I appreciate the opportunity that I have that a lot of people don't have. Uh, so that's one of the things I think that separates me from a lot of people is because I believe that being born on the other side of the world, uh, people that are born here take things for granted. Uh, where someone like myself saw how it is on the other side of the world. So when we come here, we appreciate it. We're very grateful. And we know that I was chosen uh, to be able to come to this country where millions of other people around the world would love, would die, and actually die trying to come to this country. So that's, I think, this, the separation I, ha I believe that I have over other people uh, is the fact that I appreciate every uh, moment uh, that I have uh, in this country. So I don't take it for granted. Would you, say that, would you say that fear is a big component to why other entrepreneurs don't get started or don't do uh, what you're doing right now? So there's other components. I would say fear is definitely one of them. I think it's the biggest one. Feeling of uh, what do you call it here? Contempt. You know, when you when you feel content. Oh, oh yeah, complacent. Yeah, definitely. Complacent. When you feel like um, I, I'm happy with what I've got already, and I don't want to go. I think it's probably selfishness, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, when you feel that you yourself is you know, happy and content, that you don't care about anybody else in your life who might who might be needing the help. And obviously you becoming more successful will give you the ability to help others around you. Um, but I would definitely say fear, fear of rejection, fear of failure. Um, sometimes even people are afraid of success because they feel like if I'm successful, I'm going to let other people around me down. I'm going to make them feel bad about themselves. Yeah, the fear of do being too successful can be, a, right. you know, am I going to handle it? Am I going to be able to do it? Am I going to be able to get to doing what I need to do without messing up in, in the eyes of other people, you know, and, and then I think that all boils down to also 
uh, blaming other people. Right. Exactly. What is your technique on, you know how some people, they're, they're just indecisive. They, it's difficult for them to just jump right in. And I know that sometimes the situations that we're put in in life almost dictate who we become. And so uh, they, they just determine, like, the, if, you're, if you're fired or you're put into a situation where you have to persevere, it's almost human nature to survive. And making that decision either to sink or swim is imperative in being successful. Mm-hmm. So that decision to make a decision is paramount in making your decision to move forward either with your business or or even just better yourself. Absolutely. How do you decide? One phrase that I say to myself every single time, and actually it's the title of my new book that I'm writing, Abel. uh, It's called Now or Never. When you have that attitude of now or never, um, it really forces you and pushes you to push through your limiting beliefs. The reason why people delay making decisions is because they're afraid to make a mistake. It's fear, again, right? Fear is literally the foundation of pretty much every um, every procrastination out there. When people delay their making decisions because they're afraid to make a mistake, that's that's it, right? Or uh, they're they're afraid that they're going to experience some discomfort. And I always tell people, and I tell myself this all the time, until you get to the point where you feel discomfortable being comfortable or uncomfortable being comfortable, that's when you um, achieve that next level of achievement. When you feel comfortable. That is usually a sign for me that there's danger. I need to freaking grow. Um, because when you feel discomfort, that means you're growing. Does that make sense? Exactly, exactly. So, when you feel that so pain, whenever, when you, when you, exactly. when you step you have, you have to go through pain. You have to go through discomfort in order for you to grow. And we are uh, – um, human beings are you know, growth beings. Like if we're not growing, we're dying. That's, that's, that's really – like if you even look at it from a scientific point of view, that's true. If you're not growing, you're dying. You're reversing, right? So the point here is whenever you get to the point where you're ready to make a decision and you feel uncomfortable, that's a great sign. That means this is it. This is what you're supposed to do because that's going to be taking you to that next level, right? And you just need to sell your – so you have to have the attitude of now or never. If I'm not doing it – if I'm not going to do it now, then I will never do it or it will never get done. Exactly. And and everything you do, it, do, it doesn't matter if it's as simple as not feeling go, not feeling like to go to the gym, not feeling to go work out, and you just say now or never, and you just all of a sudden now it's forcing you to put your sneakers on and go into the gym, right? Or now or never, it's you know for example, um, like I am I I'm a huge fan of fried food. I love fried food, right? Um, and it got to the point where I attended a Tony Robbins seminar, and in the seminar he basically instill the idea that uh, my body does not belong to me my body it does not belong to me it belongs to my creator number one it belongs to my family it belongs to my uh you know my children it belongs to my employees it belongs to my partners it belongs to the greater humanity right because if i don't take care of my body i will not be able to take care of anybody else and that's the concept right so when i'm ready 
when I'm ready to go have lunch or dinner and I'm literally craving um, fried chicken or fried food, I stop for a second and tell myself it's either now or never. It's either now that I'm going to hold myself uh, accountable and disciplined to stay uh, the course or never. It will never happen. And I'll always be overweight or whatever. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know that uh, I mean, I've read a couple of Anthony Robbins books, and he talks a lot about, um, you know, taking care of your body. That's one of the main things of, of, uh, of, of what he talks about. But he uses it more also as a, as a, a strength, uh, mm-hmm. a way to, to determine your strength, you know, not, like you said, uh, giving in to those want of fried chicken, so to speak, you know. Right. So uh, one of the things also that I wanted to go back on, willing to fail. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people, they, they are deterred from failing because of that pain. And yeah. That's a great question, dude. Uh, you know, 90% of the time when you ask someone about f- success or failure, they have a, uh, a misconstrued uh, concept of uh, the topic. A lot of times people think success and failure – um, are like basically two separate things or two different destinations. Uh, it's like you're coming to a, a fork in the road. Um, one side is success, one side is failure. That is far from the truth. Uh, it could not be any further from the truth, as a matter of fact. Uh, success and failure are uh, a components that are on the same line to, towards the same destination. You cannot reach success until you reach failure first. Failure is a part of the destination. Does that make sense? It it's in the same. It's in the same line. It's in the same direction. There is no such thing as I'm going to avoid failure to, in order for me to reach success. It does not work. It does not exist. There is no success without failure, right? And as a matter of fact, I hate to use the word failure because, again, people misunderstand the word. I like to use the word of a challenge or a setback. Or a speed bump, right? Because when, when you understand it, there's no such thing as failure. If everything that happens comes – everything that happens in your life is nothing more than just um, a correction, it's a, it's a reason for you to correct your, 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 your path. Exactly. exactly. You know you right? pivot. You pivot. Exactly. That's the whole point. So I look at failures as nothing more than just a learning lesson. That's all, I, that, that's all it is. Right. It becomes failure when you basically accept it as such and you no longer get up and try again. That's when you're beca- that's when you're titled a failure in, you know, or a failing individual. Right. This is when you're considered a failure is when you accept the first challenge or hardship or sit back um, that you encounter and you basically accept that this is it. There's no other way around it. And you literally give up. That's when you become a failure, right? But as long as you keep getting up and trying another approach, another avenue, another way, um, you are not a failure. You are succeeding in your path towards the grand success that you have in your mind. Exactly. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, I mean, you like, like you're saying, you have to rise to that occasion. And, and, and once you failed, you know – it's almost like when – when we were going in the military and I didn't know I could run five miles, you know, mm-hmm. and we're going and we're running and we're running. And then before you know it, they're, they're like, okay, you're at the five mile mark. And I'm like, holy cow, I can't right. believe I just ran five miles. And of, of course there was a lot of failures to get to that. 
You Absolutely. Know, you, just have to, you have to feel that pain to get to that point. And before you know it, you're, you're transitioning, you're doing whatever it is you need to do to pivot to different areas of your expertise, and you're finding the resources that you have available to you mm-hmm. to empower yourself and to, to rise to the occasion. And, and that gives you the courage that you need to move forward, I think. That's exactly right, man. I mean, you think about the babies. How long does it take for a baby to uh, learn to walk? I mean, it takes a while, right? How many falls do they ha- do they take in order for them to learn to walk, right? You never seen a baby just fall once and that's it. They gave up and they're craw- crawling for the rest of their lives just because they fell failed once, right? Stand up. That's the point. Abel, I, I remember myself. I don't. I'm pretty sure you would agree with me. The first time we learned to do push-ups when we were young. We couldn't even do one push-up, right? Does that make sense? <laughs> now, now we're able to do 40 and 50 push-ups, and some of us can do freaking 200 push-ups in one set, right? But the point here is when you started, you did not start doing 40 and 50 push-ups from the get-go. You failed and failed and failed and failed and failed until you succeeded. That's the point right here, right? That success can never, ever, ever, ever happen without failure. Right. The, 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 the secret here, though, is you have to look at failure as stepping stones towards success. Right. Like my approach is when I fail at something. Again, I don't use the word fail. I'm just using fail here because this is what most people uh, think about. I look at them as stepping stones out of steps to the destination I'm going to. I know that for like, here, here. Here's what I say to people. If you get out of the house today and you're making a trip, let's say, for example, I'm in Austin, um, you're in San Antonio. If I am making a trip from Austin to San Antonio and I get in my car and my intention is to go to San Antonio and I get on 35 heading south, right, Mm -hmm. and there was some traffic on the freeway, do I give up and make a U-turn and go back home and just say, oh, I can't go to San Antonio? No. Traffic is part. Traffic is part of it. Does that make sense? The speed bump and the stop signs and the stop lights and all these things on the way to get there, this is part of the journey. We don't look at these things as failures, right? That's the exact same way I I look at life. Whenever I am trying to achieve a certain milestone or a certain destination, I already know for a fact that I'm going to have to get through some stepping stones to get to that point. So therefore, my mental expectation, I already put myself in the right mind frame to expect stepping stones. That's what I call them. I call them stepping stones to get me to success, to get me to the result that I'm after. So so when you mentally prepare yourself to know that on the way from Austin to San Antonio, there is going to be stop signs. There's going to be stop lights. There's going to be some traffic. There may be a couple of speed bumps on the way. Uh, you mentally prepare yourself for that. When you face them and you actually uh, encounter them, there is no surprise. There's no disappointments. There's no shock, right? You already knew that they were going to be on the way. As a matter of fact, seeing them is an indication that you're going in the right direction. Right. So to me, when I set up, I set a goal or I set a milestone that I would like to accomplish. Right. I'm already mentally prepared and I expect to see some sort of stepping stones to get me to that point. Right. Whether they're challenges, hardships, people telling me no, some rejections here and there, you know, 
whatever whatever the case may be, depending on the actual goal you're setting for yourself. When you mentally prepare yourself for these things and expect them because they are now part of the stepping stones in the journey to get you to where you want to go, then you're not – disappointed when you see them as a matter of fact you're actually looking forward to them because the fact that they appear is an indication that you're heading in the right direction mm. you're on the path I does that make sense oh, yeah, if, if you don't see them that's a that's that's when you're supposed to be worried because that means you're freaking parked on the side of the road you're not driving you're not moving you're not going anywhere yeah because you're scared to go out there that's right so to me that's it's all about mindset it's all mental when I see the stepping stones, and this is what I call basically failures or challenges, I call them <laughs> stepping stones. When I see them, is an indication that I am growing, that I am heading in the right direction, that I am on my way, right? If I don't see any of them, that's when I am uh, concerned because that means I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm literally standing still. I'm not driving. I literally parked on the side of the road. Clearly, clearly. I mean, you always have to have that vision. You know, you have to, know, and that's a good metaphor because you're looking at it, and you already, you need to know where you're going, before going there. And right. So as long as you know where you're going, you can pivot, and move in the direction where traffic is flowing a little bit better. You know. That's right. And so I can, I can definitely see that. And as far as as far as going in that direction, you can you can pick up on those short wins. And so once you've done that, it gives you the confidence that you need to keep moving forward versus just turning around and, and going back home. Uh, so those little wins, those short wins, is what gives you that confidence in moving forward. And, you know, doing that right, getting the right situation, uh, what's good about that? If, if you don't – that's what I'm saying. If, uh, if you don't see these um – we call them like the hardships or the stepping stones or the uh, setbacks or the speed bumps. It's an indication that you are not doing um, anything new. You're dying. You're literally dying. A lot of entrepreneurs run into is the getting started part. And um, aside from fear, I've noticed that a lot of folks, they try to have everything perfect before they launch, before they get started. They want mm -hmm. the right letterhead they want the business cards they want the website and everything set in place before they get started and you know what by the time they get started it's already to the point where they're like man this is a, this is a lot mm -hmm. and they're they're trying to be perfect for everything that they do what would you say for people who just are trying to be perfectionists we, we call we call that analysis paralysis. Uh, we call that basically being afraid. You're you're afraid um, to try because you're obviously afraid of failure. You're afraid of rejections. You're afraid of people basically telling. You know, like we make a bunch of freaking stories in our head. Tony Robbins says something that I I, I really feel is profound. And um, you guys, excuse my French here when I say it. I just have to say it exactly how he says it, because it brings a lot of passion and emotion in it. He says that the only thing stopping you from reaching the destination you want to reach is because of the bullshit story you keep telling yourself. And that's really what it is. People basically say, oh, I cannot start my business unless I have a perfect website. It's a bullshit story you're saying to yourself because you're afraid to actually pick up the phone and call somebody and ask them to buy your product or your service, right? Oh, I have to get uh, perfect business cards. It's a bullshit story you're saying to yourself because you're, af again, afraid to go and shake hands. And, you know, the, the way I look at it is 
if you have clients who already paid for your service, none of that stuff matters. A website does not matter. A business card does not matter. A freaking stationary head, a letterhead does not matter. Um, the way, the reason why they become important in your mind um, is because you're afraid to pick up the phone and do the heavy lifting. The most important part in any business is obviously sales, right? That's the most important part of any business. If you can't sell, or you don't have customers who are paying for your service or products, you don't exist. Right. So there you go and spend money that you have not even earned yet to go build a fancy website and a fancy business card and a fancy this and a fancy that is because you're literally procrastinating and you're pushing the inevitable um, away because you don't have, I guess, the guts to pick up the phone and call somebody and ask them to buy your product. Exactly. You know what? There was a, I just thought about this. Uh, there was a uh, there's a series or I should say there's a sitcom called the. Uh, uh, How I Met Your Mother. I don't know if you've seen that show before. I, I, I have not watched it, but I know what you talk, you're talking so about. Yeah. There's an episode where Ted starts his own business, and uh, he is the perfectionist. You know, he's in in his character alone. He's a perfectionist as it is, but he wants the website. He wants the letterhead. He wants all that. And his his uh, uh, his roommate is like, "Have you made any phone calls today?" And he's like, I'm waiting for the letterhead to come in and make sure everything is good to go. Yeah. And then once the letterhead came in, there was other there was other thing, right? Exactly. So like it never ends. And then before you know it, you're a one year in the business and you haven't done crap with the business. And obviously you're gonna end up scratching the business like, Oh yeah, I failed. It did not work. And and that's the sad truth about a lot of people that I personally know who got in a business and got out of business. They literally didn't do anything to grow the business, but yet they wasted all this freaking money and time trying to perfect the business, but they never even got the chance to pick up the phone and call and ask for a business, right? And that's the one thing I always say to people, like really in order for you to grow a successful business from scratch is you literally have from day one of the business, you have to sell. You have to so you have to get your clients, and then once you get the clients and they obviously paid you and you got the revenue in, then you can now take some of that money and go and upgrade your website. You know, go ahead and upgrade your business cards, get your fancy letterheads. But until you close deals, until you have clients that are paying for your service or products, you have no business in spending money on perfecting your business. Does that make sense? Exactly. The, that 99.99% of the time, the people that fail in business is because of that. We call it the paralysis, the analysis paralysis. <laughs> I have to say that when I first started out, when I was first starting out, I, I'm guilty. I was definitely guilty of doing that. And, yeah. and it's all procrastination. It's all yeah. rationalization and trying to figure out, oh, well, I can't get started just yet because so it's, this needs to happen. Or Here. Yeah, I, I'll use I'll use me as an example, Abel. So when I started uh, my business, I started my business in January 2016. Okay, um, there are other people that I know who basically had to go and rent a fancy office and and got a fancy furniture for the office and went and got massive business loans and they were literally under their uh, head when it came when it came down to to uh, loans. Um, and they basically went and spent four or five months just setting up the the, the office, making it all pretty. Right. And they have not closed a single transaction. Right. And unfortunately, some of those people are no longer in business because they obviously could not afford the business. And they went and hired staff and all this stuff from the very beginning before they even closed a single deal where I started by myself. Literally, my office was Starbucks every day. 
I office out of freaking Starbucks every single day. I did not have any staff. I did not have any employees. I didn't have any overhead whatsoever. I went and I killed it by getting business in the door. And then once I obviously got the business and I start grow, growing in my production, and at that point I was able to hire my first assistant. And then this assistant helped me close more deals. And then obviously I hired my second assistant and that second assistant helped me close more deals. And then I hired my third assistant and, and that's where I am today. Right. And I obviously went and I leased an office after um, my second employee was hired. Actually, as a matter of fact, when I hired my first assistant, she was working from home. Right. So the point I'm trying to make right here is people over uh, complicate things out of fear. See, I, 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 I would say I felt fear, too. I was afraid to pick up the phone and call strangers and try to get them to use me. Um, I was afraid to go talk to realtors because I was brand new in the in the lending business and nobody knew who I was and I did not have any really experience. So I was afraid. I was afraid people are not going to give me the time in the day and, 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 and trust me to sit down and talk to their clients, right? So there was that fear always, always, always there. It does not go anywhere. However, I pushed through it, right? I told myself it's either now or never. Right. I told myself this is a stepping stone to my destination. Right. I accepted the fact that this was going to be uncomfortable. And that's great because being uncomfortable is a sign that I was growing. Right. And it made me learn. It made me train myself. It made me attend coaching classes. It made me attend events. I ended up investing in myself to try to learn, educate myself. Exactly. Right. Until I got to the point where I closed a couple of transactions. Now I felt that I have the experience. Now I had the confidence. Now I had the swagger. Now I went and talked to more people. And then before you know it, this is where I am today. Do, do you see what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you talk about the growth and you starting out from very little overhead and then you start growing. That happens a lot with uh, with a lot of people. And I, I know that that is one of the the key issues. Uh, of just not growing. They, I, I noticed that they stay there and they stay stagnant and they think they have to do everything themselves. And I, I'm telling them, look, just collaborate. Everybody's a potential partner. You know, uh, look to build your team and create that dream team that will help you grow. What is? How is it that you have been able to build your team and what is it that you look for to build your team? I, I'm not just talking about matching skills with the job, but also, you know, attitude and, and getting getting the right people to work with you on your team. That's 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 a great question, man. I actually said you already gave the answer already. I don't hire for the skill, I hire for the attitude. I hire for the passion. I hired for the uh, the drive. I hire for, because these are things I cannot teach. I cannot teach someone to have a drive. I can teach somebody to have the skill, but I cannot teach someone to have the drive. I cannot teach someone to have the self-motivation. I can obviously motivate and inspire, but they have to also have um, a self-motivation from within, right? I cannot teach someone to have a great attitude. You either have it or you don't. I can teach you how to make a phone call, how to sell, how to have a great customer service, how to do this, how to do that. These are all skills that you can teach. Right. But I cannot teach someone to have that drive and passion and attitude. So these are the things I look for. So whenever I'm sitting down and interviewing someone for to join my team, number one, the first thing I always put a you know, to say to them is I'm, I'm interviewing for a business partner. I'm not interviewing for employees. 
because at the end of the day, if they don't see themselves as partners in this business, then they're not going to be um, passionate about the growth of the team. That's absolutely correct. You're absolutely Does that make sense? Right. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. If, if just... they have the attitude of employees, I don't want them. I don't want them because an employee is just looking to get a paycheck and, and get out. A partner does not. A partner is 100% consistent and um, and determined to make the team succeed because they're part of it. Exactly, exactly. That is some valuable information. I'd like to close this session by saying thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I know you're a busy man, and I'm just glad that you're able to give us a bit of your wisdom and your valuable insight. To our listeners, uh, you're an inspiration to me and others, and I value your advice and your opinion, and I'm so glad that you're a part of this. How can people reach out to you if they have any questions? Oh, very, very easy, man. You can um, text me um, on my cell phone number, 512-633-1573. You can call me. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook, Eddie Fushang. Just find Eddie Fushang on Facebook. You can message me uh, there. Um you know, I'm, I'm always open to answer questions. People want to pick my brain. I'm always available. Obviously, uh, if I'm not able to reach out to you right away, it's just because obviously um, I'm pretty pretty occupied with my business, but I will definitely call you the same day. Um, if it's late in the evening, I would definitely call you the first thing uh, the following morning. So just reach out to me, man. Text, text is definitely going to be the best option uh, just, just because of my busy uh, schedule. Uh, but you can definitely send me a text message or reach out to me on Facebook uh, through Messenger, and uh, we can definitely connect. And you do offer a coaching as well, right? I do. I do. I, I do coach. Reach uh, if they want to get some coaching done. Same thing. You just text me, 512-633-1573. Just go find Eddie Fushang, I-E, Fushang, FSM Frank, O-O-S-H-A-N-G. Thank you for listening to The Creative Entrepreneur. Please click the show notes for additional information. Want to know more? Click on the subscribe button and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by visiting us at tcepodcast.net.